Welcome to Hearts and Other Sex Parts, a podcast about redefining yourself and your relationships. We're your queer hosts. I'm Keely C. Helmick, licensed professional counselor. I'm Jay, a resident queermo and sex ambassador. So we're in a new year, 2018. I don't know about you, but so far for me, it's been fucking weird. And hard and stressful. Yeah, many challenges and events, and people are struggling for sure. So it took a lot of effort for us to get back into a place where we could put mental energy towards hearts and other sex parts. I think, too, uh, I sometimes fall into the mindset of just that sex and sexual expression is a privilege, and I forget why we need to keep it a priority. Uh, And then I think of why we're doing this podcast in the first place, which is to create a platform for us to talk about taboo topics or hard personal sexual and gender issues and things mainstream media doesn't want to talk about, but we want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, people are so shut down with who they are that they can't focus on these issues outside of ourselves that we really often can't control. So this podcast is an avenue for people to share experiences and hopefully become more confident in who they are to be able to go back into the world and take on these bigger challenges. Starting with the individual allows the community to thrive. Good point. I like that. Starting with the individual allows the community to thrive. Yeah. And, you know, but I I do want to remind everyone that the World Health Organization includes sexual health as part of defining what healthy humanity is. Their definition is that sexual health is a state of physical, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. It requires a positive and respectful approach to sexuality and sexual relationships, as well as the possibility of having pleasurable and safe sexual experiences free of coercion, discrimination, and violence. So what does that all equate to, I guess? It's just saying that, like, people deserve to have... healthy, safe sex. And that's really a part of our mental and physical well-being. So that's why we're here, reminding everyone that although there's a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world right now, (laughs) yeah, um, we may start to feel guilty for prioritizing ourselves and our sexual desires. But in theory, it well, not in theory, I guess, in reality, it's it's, actually good. It's good for the community. And I think that's a really good lead into today's conversation, actually, is that creating these creating an inclusive sex positive culture is important to the well-being of our communities, which is um, what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, as we've said over and over, our intention with this podcast is to create a safer space for the LGBTQAI community, people of color, all genders and gender nonconforming individuals, differently able-bodied people, and individuals who practice non-traditional relationships. Word. And these discussions will be strictly body and sex positive. Yeah. And if we're lagging in this area, please feel free to call Uh, us out. Please write Um, us anytime. Tell us what we could do better or ask us questions that we can address in following up episodes. Um, With that said, our pronouns are she, her. And for every guest we have on the show, we would invite them to share their pronouns as well, should they choose to. And at the end of every podcast, we will close with a poem or an excerpt that goes with the theme of the show. (laughs) We're not actually sure if that part of our show is legal, so without (laughs) approval from the author. So uh, if you're an author or poet listening and we happen to recite your work, please don't sue us. Um, (laughs) We aren't making money off this podcast yet, so we really can't get sued. (laughs) Uh, And we have nothing to give you anyways. So just send us an email to let us know we fucked up. But if we're reading your stuff, it's because we look up to you and admire you. And think you're awesome. Yeah.
Our first 2018 episode is with Angie Gunn, the board chair of Speak, which is a sex-positive education and event center here in Portland. Angie is an ASEX certified sex therapist with an emphasis on empowering individuals to find their inherent strengths and healing. Angie is an advocate and strong voice for empowerment, intersectionality, sexual expression, and connection in our community. Also joining us is another one of Speaks board members, Michelle Estevez. Michelle brings years of experience as an instructor in gender studies and inequality. She has worked within the university setting on improving institutional conditions for people who do not conform to gender norms and or heteronormative standards. So welcome. Welcome, Angie. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. So taking a step back, Angie, let's start with you. Um, what is an ace? What is a sect, and how did you come into the profession of being a sex therapist? Certainly, I'm actually an LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker. And after I was licensed, I found that it was really tough to be um, openly expressive about my sexuality in the community when I was working with children in foster care settings. And so it made sense for me to switch to treating just adults and moving towards sex therapy, which was really my passion. Um, I was already working a lot in the sexuality communities um, as a kinky, non-monogamous queer person. Cool. Um, and it's hard to do those things. Again, there's a lot of stigma around working with kiddos oh, yeah. <laughs> when you sure. do any kind of weird sex stuff. Mm-hmm. So, And I mean weird in the best sense of the word. Yeah. Um, so I switched to, to working on my sex therapy certification, which is about a three to four year process, depending on how you do that. And um, ASECT is the largest body that does sex therapy certification. There are a couple of other groups that do that as well. Okay. Um, and it stands for the American Association of Sex Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Okay. So can you tell us why people come to you? I think that a lot of people don't really know what exactly sex therapists do. Uh, so what do they do? Uh, do you work one-on-one with individuals or in group settings? Certainly. So I work with individuals and couples and um, polycules or groups of individuals or couples. And um, I also do workshops and trainings and things like that. Um, typically, the biggest misnomers that come with sex therapy is that it's actually a sexy service. Um, and it's very important that I emphasize with folks that it's just talk-based. We have the same kind of interaction you would have with any other kind of therapist in terms of mental health services or relationship counseling. Um, And the focus is really on how do we help you gain the skills and knowledge to find your expression or meet your needs in the ways that are most effective for you. Um, Typical issues I I deal with are issues related to um, relationship dynamics, problems with um, biological functioning, difficulty with the way that mental health might impact sexual functioning. Like anxiety is a really big one that impacts people's ability to show up in, in sexual situations, yeah. um, be it penis performance or be able to relax, being able to have orgasms. Um, all of that is really highly tied to our ability to be calm in our body <laughs> and be present in that moment. Right. I'm sure many of you have experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, we were curious, we were talking with the whole Me Too movement. Have you seen any shift or any new things come about within your therapy with clients? Certainly. I think I've seen um, a large increase in folks reporting different incidents of sexual assault and coming to seek therapy specifically for healing around those incidences. Um, I think there's been a lot more openness around talking about it and getting support, even if you're not seeking any criminal proceedings, um, just being able to say this still happened and I'm still being affected by it. um, And how can I move forward and heal and ultimately have better sex? I mean, it's really impossible um, sometimes to have connected meaningful pleasure (laughs) when you have trauma that you're still processing. So I I work a lot with folks in healing trauma and finding ways to um, move towards pleasure in the way that feels good to them versus expectations around a partner or society or other kinds of um, beliefs about what sex is supposed to look like, Um, but letting them decide for themselves what that path to healing and path to pleasure looks like. So it sounds like like this multi-layered, like treating the trauma or, you know, issue that's coming into play. And then also within that dynamic, helping couples or individuals or multiple people to have more improved sex life. 
right? And you'd be surprised how many people are having sex they don't want to be having, (laughs) which is really astounding. Outside of just actual experiences of rape, there's just a lot of people that are complicit in having sex that they just aren't really happy with, (laughs) maybe bored with, not the kind of sex they want, not the kind of person they want, not the kind of um, positions they want, not really engaging their erotic fantasies and self. So really helping folks feel empowered and... um, eliminate the shame that really drives um, sex to be subverted in our culture um, because it's so beautiful and pleasurable and can be really amazing but most people don't give themselves the opportunity I give the analogy a lot in therapy that we work really hard on our fitness goals or our diet goals or our you right. know work around our body but we, we eliminate sex from that equation of well-being when we because spend just as much time we, as we would on um, you know working out or other kinds of health and well-being as we would on sex uh, Michelle let's turn to you uh, tell us more about what you do. You're an instructor at a couple universities. Uh, what drives your passion for sex-positive education? So what drives me is kind of a combination of things. Mostly I've been involved in a number of social movements as an adult. And the sex-positive movement brings a bunch of them together for me and it also brings multiple layers for me. So my background is in sociology. So I'm very much about how micro, meso, and macro levels intersect. So culture, institutions, organizations, as well as the individual. Um, So the sex positive movement, it looks at individuals, but it goes beyond that and asks us to talk about what is it about our culture that needs to change? How do we build a consent culture? How do we move away from rape culture? Um, How do we do sex education, even for adults, in a way that empowers everyone? And also that addresses basically intersectionality, um, that addresses people's various statuses and then equalities that they face, regardless of whether it's based on their body type or size, race, class, gender, sexual orientation, age, ability, all those things. So the sex positive movement has the ability to address all those levels and the complexity within the levels. And I just like that. <laughs> I you're, like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so interesting. So you're, you, you're using the term, the sex positive movement. Yeah. Can you give our listeners a brief, like when you're saying sex positive movement, what that, what you're specifically talking about? I don't know how visible the sex positive movement is in different places. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the sex positive movement is basically where people are coming together, even if it's just a couple or even if it's a large group, to facilitate change such that we get rid of stigma and shaming for sexual behaviors, preferences, etc., so that we can be, have a focus on pleasure and eroticism rather than dragging people down um, and stigmatizing them for what it is that they want. So within a consensual framework, um, of course, informed consent and educated consent, what I mean by that, it's like just being able to know 
what you're agreeing to and that self-awareness yeah just you said um do you want to and, jump in one second? Yeah, please. I think one clarification too we'd like to make is that sex positivity is not about just being pro-sex, but it's about being open to whatever variety of sexual expression is right for you. So that could be asexual and focus on romantic or other kind of connection. That can be um, different kinds of sexual expression that may um, be more edgy, but it, it's that acceptance of all the different varieties and that openness to conversation and to um, eliminating stigma and eliminating the expectation that this is the kind of sex we should be having. This is what sex means. This is what it looks like. Um, because really the word sex itself is defined, um, can be defined really broadly. Every kind of interaction Definitely. could be a sexual interaction. So we really yeah. want to take the emphasis away from P and V penis and vagina sex as, as the epitome of what sex and pleasure is, but really expanding the definition to Thank lots you. of different kinds of expression. I like that also. <laughs> yes, that's very helpful. Thanks both of you. Um, so how did you both get involved with speak? I got involved um, when the people who created Speak, they put out a call for volunteers and for more people to come in because they had kind of kept it quiet for a while until they got all of the paperwork done because there's a lot of front-end work into developing a 501c3, which is what we are. So all the paperwork, the government BS, the bureaucracy, they got it done, and then and we're like, okay, we've done all the front-end work, now come join in on the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, How long ago was that? A few years. Okay, four years, um, I think? Yeah. Okay. No, it wasn't yeah. that long. Three years? Maybe two or three, Okay. okay I think, something yeah. like that. So I was in that kind of original group that came forward like oh this is something you interesting get maybe in. has some potential let's see what it is yeah and i've haven't left <laughs> <laughs> okay well maybe just talk a little bit more about what speak is um just to explain more about the organization as a whole um we were founded as michelle mentioned i think two or three years ago um and we it was founded by a group of people that were a cross-section representation of sexuality communities in Portland. And the intent was to look at creating community space and collaboration and connection amongst all the different sexuality communities because it's a pretty segmented community at times where the kinky folks don't talk to the lifestyle swinger folks who don't talk to the queer folks <laughs> who don't talk to um, you know, the burner folks. So there's lots of different pieces of the community that we really wanted to bring together and have um, cohesion around um, safety, connection, um, expectations around how do we um, support one another when this is a really hard time to be a sexual being <laughs> in, the, in our world. Yeah, um, so yeah. creating that kind of a community and space. And eventually our goal is to have a large building that would be available for rentals and spaces for parties and events for all those different communities. Um, we just recently got a venue that is a small workshop space, which is where we currently are um, yes. recording this, um, eventually to begin to grow to have that big, bigger space someday. Um, so in terms of my involvement, I was just attending events for a while, and one of my good friends was a board member, and then recruited me to join, and then um, here I am. Nice. And how long ago was that? Um, it's been a little over a year now. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So how do your backgrounds contribute to your work at Speak? So I've definitely been um, really interested in sexuality communities and involved in them for um, about 10 years. Yeah. And this is a great opportunity for me to be a little bit more formally involved. Working in 
um, as a therapist and as a social worker, I've always had a strong activist leaning, um, but it's sometimes tough to be doing that when you work for agencies. So being in my own business now and being in a place where um, I really can be out, I can be public about my lifestyle, about my expression, um, I feel like I have a lot of privilege that I want to use for good um, and use the opportunities that I can potentially create space for other people by being really outspoken and vocal about the needs for change in our community around sexuality and expression. So, yeah, you were talking earlier about when you became from going from social work in an agency setting to being a sex therapist that you you were able to be much more open about your identity and the mm-hmm. groups that you identify with. And so do you ever is there ever challenges with that? Like being both an activist community member, being involved in all these different sex, you know, sections in the community as well as being a therapist. Certainly. Um, my first session with every client is a clear conversation about you may see me in sexual spaces and how do you feel about that um, and negotiating boundaries around that. Um, I work really hard to make sure client confidentiality, privacy, and safety is always my first priority and that there is never any threat to that and their ability to be in sexual spaces and not have it feel threatened by me being there. Um, so it's a thing that every client I see has a conversation with me about it. Um, most of my clients find me because they know me in the community yeah. and they like the fact that I get all the terms. Like They don't need to tell me what it means to be a submissive or a dom or a, a furry or um, a swinger, like they know that I get what those lifestyles are like. And I've been, I think I've tried most of those things at some point. Um, so it, it gives me a, a very concrete and clear understanding where they can really relax into getting help with what they actually need help with versus having to teach their therapist um, about their lifestyle, which is really important. Well, it sounds like, yeah, the way you just described it, it's like you're already modeling that when we're talking about mm-hmm. sex positivity, you're modeling that from the very beginning of this consent and Certainly. understanding. Yeah. And then I always refer them out to another therapist if for some reason they feel like there's any kind of conflict or they're worried about that. Yeah. So my most common interaction is that a client will just give me a high five in the dungeon and keep walking. <laughs> um, so like, it's very rare that I've had hey. a client has an issue, but I mean, but if there is ever a concern, I'm really open to, I'll always leave a space or I'll always, um, give them the respect to be in spaces before me. Uh-huh. Michelle, I'm curious in the university setting, do you feel that they are sex positive is your work outside of the university? It depends on what university we're talking about. So some universities, it's just not spoken about. Um, In others, um, you'll see a lot of educational events and resources put into, like, I know PSU, for example, has a sex week uh, annually and... Actually, one of our former board members has taught at it a few times, and they have like workshops on consent and on what different types of sexualities are. They have one on kink, one on asexuality or aces, um, and a few others. It's like a week-long event. So it just kind of depends on where you're at. Yeah. And... Yeah, was that the whole question? Yeah, sorry, I think so. And sex week sounds like it could be better than Shark Week. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was actually this week. Stella taught this week at it, and okay. yeah, <laughs> nice. and yeah, she, she did a panel on sex parties, which is really cool. I think just that's awesome. Teaching kids how to have successful, safe sex parties. Yes, that is good. such a neat thing. Right? Imagine every every college was learning how to have more effective sex parties. How oh, much better? Right? Yeah, <laughs> those situations would be so much better. Um, okay, so getting getting back to speak, I just want to re- read uh, Speak's mission statement here. I think it's brilliant and multifaceted. Um, and for those of you listening, I, this is also at speakportland.org, and it's speak, S-P-E-E-C. 
And it reads, Speak's mission is to be an inclusive nonprofit organization which exists to facilitate the development of sex-positive communities in the Pacific Northwest. Speak provides leadership and structure as well as educational resources to promote growth, foster communication, and increase cohesiveness among and between local sex-positive communities. Speak is a liaison between the sex-positive communities and sexual activism and advocacy for all bodies, races, gender, and people. So can you elaborate, I guess, first on the kind of leadership that Speak provides? Yeah, I mean, I think that the crux of it really is that we don't want to go into communities and tell them how to run their community. <laughs> um, instead, we want to be a... Um, a platform for them to get resources and support and to elevate their voices and their opportunities for expression. So, you know, me as a cisgendered white woman, I'm not going to go into, um, you know, community of um, persons of color um, or someone who's disabled and tell them, you know, here's how to have great sex (laughs) Mm because that's not my community. That's not my space. But instead, we want to include those individuals in the conversation give them opportunities to use our space for their events, provide them support and resources for activism and resources for moving along a place where all bodies, all people, all expressions of identity um, have the right and um, the privilege of having sexual expression in all the ways they may want to. And in short, we want them to tell us what they want us to provide and what they feel that they need. We don't want to be acting for anyone. We want to be engaging with people. Okay. And yeah, that was the mission statement does also start with that goal of being an inclusive organization. So what are you and the other speak leaders doing to help ensure that their services are inclusive to POC? I think the biggest activity that we're doing right now is we've started a community-based steering committee and um, Michelle is actually the liaison for that. And I can let her talk maybe a little bit more about their roles. So the steering committee is basically people, not necessarily representatives because we never want to ask like one person to speak on behalf of all of a group of people, but people who have come forward as being willing to, um, liaison, liaison, um, engage with speak with or over issues that their various communities are facing. So right now we have people from the King community, people who identify as parents, people who identify as queer, um, as disabled, um, if you are. So aside from who's already on this committee, um, we are trying to meet and bring people from these different communities together so that they can tell us what they want us to be doing. What can we do that would work best for them? We are also trying to have the steering committee act as kind of a go-between between their communities and us so that, um, like Angie said, they can use this space. And I think ideally the goal would be eventually these different communities would have more overlap and then we're doing cross-cultural education and support amongst all the different types of varieties of people and, and, and sexualities because a lot of the, the challenges that come with communities clashing is just lack of understanding, lack of insight, just not knowing people that are in those communities. So the more we can have, we're, we're looking to have um, weekly meet and greets where anybody from any of these communities can come and just hang out and chat with each other, um, which is really our hoping to bridge some of those gaps. And you know, if a kinky person sits and talks to a swinger and talks to <clears throat> um, a, 
a person who's really a big advocate of um, the fat positivity movement, all three of those conversations are so important and really useful for the other other person in the room. Um, so I think that that's our goal is to really both have individual communities have um, homogenous spaces, you know, that they could have everyone who's asexual can have a meeting that's just people that, like, that are like them and they can talk about it and have camaraderie, but then also have that overlap amongst communities. Um, and then also our goal is really to have an inclusive board. We're still working on seeking that. So if you know somebody who's interested in joining a board, this is a call to reach out to us. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for inclusive, um, inclusivity in our board and having as diverse um, members as we can. So, yeah, that's great. So yes, aside from us in the room, obviously, obviously, do you feel we have strong sex positive communities here in Portland? <laughs> There's a long pause. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a broad <laughs> statement because um, the fact that we have a lot of sex, sexuality communities inherently speaks to this being a place where it's a safer place to be a sex positive person. Yeah. Um, you know, you can be pretty expressive here. There's places where there's, there's lots of nudity. There's lots of expression of, um, bodies and, um, and sexuality, lots of places where you can go publicly and have sex in public spaces and, um, and be surrounded by different kinds of expressions. So I think in that sense, this, this, the city itself is a pretty, um, sex positive place, but I think there's a lot of areas for growth within individual communities. Um, there's still consent violations. There's still problems with, um, infighting amongst groups. There's still um, a problem with most of our spaces are pretty white, heterosexual, um, and um, upper middle class. That's so I mean, that's just, yeah. just <laughs> like, the nature not of not very I mean, inclusive. Yeah. yeah. So we could do, we can certainly do better in being, um, and that's part of our goal is being an alternative to those kinds of spaces that those spaces are amazing. We, we go to the events there, we have events there, but also folks need another option. So we would like to make it better and improve it. Yeah. And I'll push back a little bit. So there are a lot of different communities and groups that are related or to sexuality, so whether it's the swingers or the burners or the whatever the case might be. Um, but generally, a lot of the groups are not particularly inclusive. And I think Portland has a problem where it, and I'm kind of used speaking about Portland as if it's a person, but- The collective we. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the royal we, right? So Portland has the reputation of being quite liberal around sexuality and sexual issues. Um, however, I think a lot of Portlanders are patting themselves on the back way too soon because that is the case only for some people and it's right. only privilege that allows them to say that even while different marginalized groups still have little to no access. Mm -hmm. And if we're not looking at inequalities in our society, well, like just using speak out as an example, we can say that we're inclusive, but if we're not reaching out and making it clear that we actually want different communities to engage with us, um, we're actually just keeping the status quo, and right, that's right. actually a problem that we're very purposefully trying not to fall into that trap. Yeah, and I'm because right. I'm thinking about someone who's, you know, especially someone who isn't a part of these communities that we're talking about, or is like mm -hmm. they're at home and they're like thinking, like, oh, I want to explore my sexuality, or I have these fantasies, but like all my friends think I'm weird because I talk about it, or I don't talk <laughs> to them anymore, right. and and. I think of the inclusivity is how to even be able to get involved. Like you're right. curious, you want to get involved, but then it's like, there's like this dead end. Right. How do you do it? Speak. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think of the different options, we're a really easy one to get involved with because most of our events are educational at this point. So we aren't currently doing any parties. So it's not yeah. like you're walking into a sexual space, but we're, you know, our events are just a conversation. You can come, anybody can come to any of our events, um, unless it's an event earmarked for a specific type of community. Um, but you can come, we have weekly um I'm sorry, we're going to start having weekly meet and greets. And then we currently have once a month education events at the Close and Munch, which is at the liquor store on Belmont. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that, that event's always open to anybody. Um, it's really great education around a variety of topics. We've done past topics have been, we did a medical panel on talking to your medical provider about your sexual experiences or expression. Um, we've done um, hand sex for all bodies. Um, we've done information about consent, information about STIs and boundaries, information about communication. Um, so we do a lot of different topics, just focus on how do you get started? <laughs> how do you yeah. learn to be okay, a different cool. kind of sexually yeah. expressive person? Because um, a lot of it's just the barrier to entry is not only different identities or, or oppression, but also lack of knowledge about how do I even start these kind of conversations? I want to yeah. have sex with that amazing person, <laughs> but I don't know how to even try to bridge that gap. So we try to help with that too. So um, can you tell us a little more about these meet and greets, like what they what they look like? Or you were saying there's these education, these like monthly educational things, and then there's these weekly meet and greets. What are the meet and greets like? We're just starting them. So okay. <laughs> yeah, we're having, we're going to have our first in two weeks. So oh, okay, yeah, we, we just got the space as of last that? month. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a new, new evolution for us. Do you, oh, where, what space are you in or what day and time do you have this, the info right now? So our first meet and greet is going to be an open house in our new space, and that's going to be Sunday the 25th at 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And Sunday, it's March 25th. March 25th. Perfect. And it's 5510 North Commercial Avenue in Portland. Thank you. So speaking of that, um, are there any other upcoming events that Speak is holding? Sure. So we host a topic or a workshop at the close in munch once a month. So I think they have educational topics every week, but we do one a month and those are always on a Monday. Um, in April, we're looking at having two events. One is what we call our narratives series. Um, we've been doing it for a couple years now and it's every few months. This month it's probably, or in April, it's probably gonna be on bodies in some way, shape or form. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so po possibly on the intersection of fat and sexuality, but not 100% sure yet. Okay, so there'll be some topic. Yeah, and we're going to be co-hosting in this space um, kind of a movie cuddle type event with some of the, f uh, not fury, furry community in this area um and wait so tell me about what's a cuddle and movie event yeah so we're still figuring out the details okay. but um like angie said we're not doing play parties right now yeah. so it's not sexual uh, but it's basically you watch a movie have pizza and snacks available and give people the space to negotiate cuddle time with each other. Like they don't have to cuddle, but yeah. they could but choose to. Providing the space for that opportunity. Right. Especially a group that um, may, not, may not have room in their house to have everyone over if they want to have an event specific to their like niche community. And the furry community in Portland is pretty large, but it's still pretty niche. And it's not always a safe space at other kinds of dungeons. Yeah. Because it's not, not always catered to that community. Uh -huh. So having a specific event for them is nice for us. Oh, cool. That's awesome. 
Anything else that you want our listeners to know about Speak or Sex Positive or... We also do Swappy Seconds, which is our annual sex toy um, sale. The way it works is we ask for donations of sex toys, implements, basically any anything that's used for sexual purposes, so to speak. We don't. We've learned from previous experience that clothes aren't a very good fit for us that they don't really sell very well but vibrators um dildos even um i think what else have we had like crops paddles paddles, etc um we had a gas mask last year oh that's true yeah we had a gas mask (laughs) that was pretty interesting um and we expect for them to be cleaned and sanitized when you give them to us. Um, preferably, they're clean, sanitized, put in their own like Ziploc bag or something. And we'll take them. We have a former board member who works with us. He, also, he works professionally at a sex toy store. So we curate them a bit to make sure that all of the toys are toys that are sanitizable. So we ask that you don't give us stuff from that's Safety made of first. Like jelly or stuff that just can't be a, totally sanitized. Okay. Um, and then we have a nice fun party with music and had the donations all laid out and ask for y'all to come in and buy them. Nice. Nice. Are you, I just thought of something because you were talking about the fundraiser. Yeah. Is Speak associated with any of the like local toy stores, like sex toy stores or any of the other like, I don't want to say mainstream, but like, yeah. you know, the people that make the money in sex here? Um, we, how do I say this? Like, Sometimes they sponsor our events or okay, they'll yeah. come and like at Swappy um, last year, Shebop had a table and gave a presentation. I forget what the presentation was on. I think it was on cle- keeping lubricants. your sex toys clean. Lubricants. Oh, lubricants. Yes. Okay. It might've been, oh, they might've been giving away samples for like cleaning stuff or something, something along those lines. We did um, a demonstration of the Clona Willie kit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, there's yeah, because I hear. I mean, I really hear how you're supplementing these other because there's other there's other groups in town like Shebop that do education, but you're really supplementing this more inclusive and really filling in the gaps where a lot of the other organizations are missing out. Yeah, right? and we really try hard not to step on toes and to not um, do what other people or other groups are doing. Because, we can all work together. Yeah, <laughs> right. we're not. We're, we're trying to fill, like you said, fill in the gaps. We're yeah. not trying to step right. on toes or take over from anyone or anything. Or, or, or maybe collaborate as well. So we yeah. always try to have other organizations Absolutely. join us when we're doing activities and totally. events. Um, like we've had a, a booth at Will, Will Be a few times, which is yeah. the um, Sex Positive Variety Show. And we work a lot with other organizations to um, try to facilitate collaboration. Yeah, because that's something else. I mean, Angie and I talked about it like off, off the air, like how there... I mean, obviously there are a lot of people having sex, so there are plenty of opportunities for us to like collaborate and work together. It doesn't have to be competitive. Right. Yeah. We really appreciate what you're doing here. And it sounds like an organization that's still got a lot of growth and potential and, um, oh, yeah, we're babies, really, so we're, we've got a lot really to- amazing things to come in the future. And we look forward to seeing what you do and being a part of it and, um, coming to some of these events. 
Uh, we look forward to seeing what else you're doing in the future. Again, we're here with Angie Gunn and Michelle Estevez. Thank you so much thank for meeting you for with us. Thank you for taking the time. Yes, thank you so much um, for coming out tonight. And we're tonight. here at Speak. Remember to check out Speak at speakportland.org. And again, it's S-P-E-E-C. They're also on Facebook at Speak Portland, which you can use to find upcoming events and information. Is there an email we should plug here also if they want to? Con- if anyone wants to contact you? Info at speakportland.org. Perfect. And then also if you have any interest in sex therapy with me, it's Connective Sex therapy.com connective sex therapy.com awesome okay thank you so much thank you thank you we'd like to close with carol queen's definition of sex positivity which is shared on speaks facebook page carol queen is an american author editor sociologist and sexologist active in the sex positive feminist movement uh, she's the official good vibes sexologist and she's an online blog and sex store if you haven't checked out goodvibes.com, do it yeah Queen has written on human sexuality in books such as Real Live Nude Girl, Chronicles of Sex Positive Culture. So she says, sex positivity is a cultural philosophy that understands sexuality as a potentially positive force in one's life. And it can, of course, be contrasted with sex negativity, which sees sex as problematic, disruptive, and dangerous. Sex positivity allows for and in fact celebrates sexual diversity, differing desires and relationship structures, and individual choices based on consent. Consent. Yes, consent. 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 Yes. Thank you, Keely. And that's a wrap for today, folks. Remember to follow our podcast, Hearts and Other Sex Parts, on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are also on Instagram and Facebook as Hearts and Other Sex Parts. Feel free to write us feedback or questions by direct messaging our Instagram or Facebook pages or emailing us at heartsandothersexparts at gmail.com. Also, if you want to support our podcast expenses and educational resources, go to gofundme.com and find our Hearts and Other Sex Parts donation page. It's also linked in our Facebook bio. Thanks for listening. Your hosts encourage you to stay open. And remember, self-love is the best love.